Hello and welcome to a special golf edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, where we look ahead to the big, big golf tournament at Augusta National this week. It's the 80 Masters. Lots of excitement building, two very special guests to discuss, you know, the, the big storyline, some of the key odds as we look ahead, ahead to the big tournament this week. So on the line with me, I've got Sophie Walker, a former ladies European tour player, and Paul Hyam, who's one of our golf writers at SBK. Um, so yeah, like I said, huge tournament this week. Um, we'll just go to both, both, uh, both of you first, just to say, you know, how much you, you like this tournament and, and why it's so special. Um, I'll start with you, Sophie. It's the first tournament I ever remember watching when Nick Faldo won back in the, the 90s with my dad. Fortunate enough to go to Augusta with my father uh, a couple of years ago to watch Tiger Woods win a green jacket in 2019. And for me, it's the start of the golfing season in Britain. That's the way I've always thought of it for those people that just like to go for a knock out the weekend. But the fact it's the same course year in, year out, just generates so much history. And it's always a bit of a gap, isn't there, between last year's major and the first one, which is Augusta National. And I don't think there's a better course on the planet. It's the bucket list golf course, and it gets tour professionals giddy, which is always fun to see. Absolutely. I think that's a good point. The, the, the majors, they come quite quickly in the sort of during the summer months, don't they? And then you've got that big gap where, you know, some, some years you have the Ryder Cup and, you know, the Solheim Cup to sort of fill that void. But the Masters always feels like it's been a long time coming. And yeah, like you said, the tradition, the history of Augusta always helps build that up as well. And it's always some week. Paul, are you excited? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with Sophie. I think it's, it's a couple of things, isn't it? It's We've been starved of golf, really. If there's no Ryder Cup. You've got Christmas. The weather's awful. And all of a sudden, we start building towards the big one. And the, the majors come thick and fast after this, don't they? But, you know, all that build-up is you know, towards Augusta, towards the Masters. And the fact is, you know, it's not the oldest major, but it's at the same track every year. We know all the holes. We know all the traditions. We've got the caddies and the boiler suits. We've got the par three. We've got the champion's dinner. You know, all these little foibles, nuances... We know them all, don't we? And that, I think that familiarity makes, you know, the Masters the one, I think, obviously the Open in this country, but the one global golf event that sort of transcends golf. You know, even if you're not a golf fan, you'll know about the Masters, you'll know about Augusta, you'll know about the Azaleas, you'll know about Magnolia Lane. So I think all of those things together just make it, you know, make the anticipation build for a lot longer than you get with the other majors. And I think that's why it just elevates it just a little bit. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I was actually supposed to be doing this podcast um, in a green jacket. Uh, but we didn't sort that out in time. But obviously, <laughs> that's another tradition that obviously is instantly recognisable um, in the sport. And yeah, I mean, this year's tournament really does look a very exciting one to look forward to. And before we sort of get into the into the odds, the betting market, uh, I'll just come to you both on, I guess, the the challenge itself of Augusta, the course, and and what you both look for when you're trying to find find the winner of this tournament. Um, Sophie, over to you. Well, like we said before, we're very fortunate that the tournament's been held at the same place. So we've got course stats. Um, I like to look quite deep into strokes gained, um, which you can find on pjtour.com. And that is, for me, the, the, the most important one is off the tee and into the green approach. You need to be gaining on the field in those areas. Putting obviously is important but it's about getting on the winning the streaks I would say more with putting Augusta they talk about hitting it into the right part of the green not just the greens so somebody that sits quite highly in that ranking um, stroke average as well top 10 stroke average for the season that shows some form 
I don't think you want to be coming into the Masters without form. It's a very nerve-wracking event, even for the best players in the world. It means a lot to them. You don't want to be finding your game there. A recent win is always nice also. Experience um, is key, I think, round Augusta because of the history behind it. Everybody's got a few rounds under their belts, it seems. If you look at the past winners, um, last two, DJ, Justin Johnson and Hideki Matsuyama, they had between kind of nine and 12 years of experience of playing that golf course. And then just experience in majors. Um, I do feel like this is the most anticipated major. And as a world player, it's the one that you want to win. So nine out of the past 10 champions have had a major win or a second place in a major before winning the green jacket. But what I would say is there's so many stats out there to, to prove your point for Masters winners. And I'm sure you'll agree, Paul, you can not, almost knock out half the field here, can't you? Yeah, and I think um, it's meant to be the easiest one to find a winner. You know, the shorter field, lots of amateurs in there, lots of past champions. And I think you've just profiled the usual winner perfectly there. It's a second shot golf course, isn't it? You've got to be able to hit your spots on the greens because if you're missing the wrong place, you simply can't get up and down. So like you, I'm looking for someone who's got you know, great iron play, strokes going approach, also scrambling as well. I think it's really important around here as well. For that occasion, you do miss the green and you are going to miss greens here because sometimes you cannot take the flags on. You've got to know where to miss. And it's just imperative that you get up and down. So I like to look for someone who's good at scrambling as well. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at the stats, you know, you can have a, like Sophie says, you can have a good week on the putting greens, but you don't necessarily have to be a, a great putter or in the best of putting form as well. And I think I was having a look at this uh, recently. And I think Jordan Spieth was the only man who won when he was in the top sort of 40 or 50 for that year in strokes game putting. So, you know, you can come in with a really cold putter and just get hot for that week or Augusta. So putting, driving accuracy, you know, it's reasonably open at Augusta. You can, we've seen Mickelson and Tiger and people, you know, hit it almost anywhere. It's a second shot golf course. You've got to hit play well with your irons and you've got to scramble well. Otherwise, you haven't got a chance this week. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like you say, there's loads of different uh, trends that people look at going into this tournament and it's, it's always very interesting to read those pieces. And what we'll do soon is we'll go through the top 12 in the market because there seems to be a clear sort of top 12 before a little gap in the betting. But um, before we just get into those odds, um, there's one person we have to start with who's not in that top 12 in the market. He's sitting at around sort of the 80 to 1 mark. Uh, and that's Tiger Woods, who has just said uh, in his press conference this afternoon that he he will be playing in this tournament. The media, like there's been a frenzy following him around the golf course and all that. Uh, obviously, multiple champion here um, recently, obviously ending that that major drought um, in 2019. So, uh, Paul, what, what do you make of Tiger's chances this week? Um, you know, obviously the 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 following he has and all that. He's obviously an incredible player, maybe the best ever. But does he can he do it this week? Well, I think first and foremost, it's absolutely amazing for the tournament that he's here. Um, can he win? I mean, I'm one of the biggest Tiger fans around, but even I can't see him winning around here. I can hardly see him, you know, getting through four rounds. You know, Tiger teeing it up in this Masters so soon after that horrific car crash, you know, is absolutely exceptional. It's amazing that he's teeing it up. If he makes the cut, it'll be a borderline miracle in my eyes because it's, you know, it's such a big tournament. He's not played. All these guys coming are in decent form. You know, if there is one place he can do it, it is here. This is like Tiger's backyard and he can play this place in his sleep. I just think 
you know, the, the physical exertion on that leg of walking around one of the toughest walks you're going to get on a golf course for four days. I don't think I'll be backing him to win, to be honest. I might back him to win the cut, the, to make the cut. But I think just the fact he's here is a massive victory for Tiger. If he can play half decent and maybe, maybe make the cut, I think that is an absolutely amazing achievement. But winning it, I mean, we've written off Tiger Woods, so I'm not, I'm not going to write him off, but, but I can't possibly back him to win this one, no. But like I say, just amazing to have him back. No, absolutely, yeah. And I, th I think, obviously, his odds when he when he last won would have been quite a bit shorter uh, than 80-1. to 1. But I think SBK, we have him about 4-1 to 1, uh, to finish in the top 20. Sophie, I don't know whether you think that's a good bet or not. It's physically, that is, that is his issue. By all accounts, he sounds like he's hitting the ball really well. My only worry is that he could tee it up and he, he might not finish. Um, and then equally, you, you don't you don't get your money back there. If he pulls out before, you, you're okay. Like you said, Paul, it's going to be uh, quite a physical walk for him. Can't imagine he's walked too many uh, 72 holes in a row. Uh, if, if, he's, if his leg holds up, I think he easily makes the cut. Um, I think it's all about his phys physical being rather than his actual golf game. Um, so yeah, that, that's it really. I just I just don't think you can you can trust his body at the moment. Um, and I think if it was another tournament, we wouldn't have seen him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, it was interesting to see Rory McIlroy's comments today where he said, I think for a lot of the guys we're about to talk about those at the top of the market, Tiger obviously takes a lot of the, the media attention away and maybe just a bit less, a bit of the pressure off these guys. So maybe they see this as an even better chance uh, for them to go and win. Um, but yeah, what we'll do now is we'll go through those top 12 in the betting, the sort of the main contenders, uh, if you like. And I'll just run through those and the, the SBK prices very quickly. So it's John Rahm, uh, the favourite at 12 to 1. But an interesting point with John Rahm there is he has drifted from about 9 to 1 earlier this year due to maybe uh, slightly off recent form. And then you've got Justin Thomas, 14 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, 18 to 1, the new world number one. Cameron Smith, 19 to 1. Dustin Johnson, 19 to 1. Rory McIlroy still chasing that elusive career grand slam at 21 to 1. Then all on 23 to 1, you've got Kepka, Morikawa, and Hovland uh, ahead of Cantlay at 25 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 27 to 1. And Xander Shoffley rounding out that top 12 at 29 to 1. So, Sophie, I'll come to you first. Who stands out there for you of those main contenders? Well, that's the whole thing. The main contenders, you've listed a whole group of them. I don't think there's a standout and we, we don't see that too often. I remember when Dustin Johnson won the Masters, it was it was just obvious. You know, everybody was like, this guy is going to win. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. It's not the case at the moment. Um, it's almost like there's been a fight to get to world number one. And once you get there, you don't know what to do with it. Um, you, you know, John Rahm, arguably just a the, the, the top ranked player um, because of, of his form, um, his putting has struggled. But like we keep saying, Paul's been saying, it's actually tee to green. And then you just hope that the, the putter gets warm. My pick, um, and it was my pick last year, it was Justin Thomas. And I felt the reason he didn't do too well last year, because he had some on the course stroke, off the course issues, which really affected him. Uh, more than more than we were even aware of, and obviously he's dealt with all that, and rightly so. Uh, and this year, I, th I think he's the one. There's a couple of standout stats. He's had five top tens this year on the PGA Tour. He's second in in scoring at 69.6, smashes it on the uh, strokes gained approach. 
Short Game has got way better thanks to hanging out with Mr. Eldrick Woods. So he lives by Tiger Woods. He's lucky enough to be in his inner circles. Been having practice rounds at Augusta with him, learning some shots from him. That's got to be a bonus. And also something that you won't see in the stats, his caddy is, is called Bones, okay? It's Jim McKay, who has won three times at the Masters with Phil Mickelson is the most successful caddy there this week, knows it like the back of his hand. And like we say, in all about experience, well, he's got the best caddy on the bag. And I think Justin Thomas has matured a lot in the last year. He's only won one major, and I can't believe I'm saying that. He needs to win another, and he's my pick to win this week. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see he's got the game suits, Augusta, and you're certainly not the only one Sophie's put him up this week. I've seen a few other sort of good judges uh, making their main selection this week. So be interested to see how he gets on. Like, he's threatened at the last two Masters, but kind of faded away a little bit. So I wonder if he can maybe really start to contend this year. And I'm sure he'd be a very, very popular winner as well. Um, as for you, Paul, I believe that Cameron Smith and, and Dustin Johnson are your uh, sort of two main ones at the top of the market and maybe a, a little squeak on Jordan Spieth as well. Yeah, I think that, I think it's going to be really. I think it's a wide open affair between the sort of top 10, 12 in the market. I think the winner is coming from the uh, Cam Smith Players Champion. He's got three top tens and five appearances at the Masters, so he knows how to play well around here. He's got a bag full of confidence after winning the Players. Really good scrambler, which I think you've got to do. And of course, has shot all four rounds in the 60s around here, which is a record at the at the time. So, you know, that sort of course form with confidence, like Sophie was saying before, you need to have confidence, a recent win, going close in majors. He's gone close here. I think that he's got all the ingredients to go really close and challenge for, for, the, for the green jacket to become just a second Australian to do so and possibly the first mulleted golfer to, to win at Augusta. We don't know. Uh, Jordan Spieth, I think Jordan Spieth is a classic horse for course around here. Absolutely loves the place. One green jacket, should probably have two or three, could have won on his debut, could have won when he dumped two in the water. And I think, you know, mentality-wise as well, what, what people don't realise, I think sometimes, is he put two in the water to effectively ruin his chances that year and he birdied the next hole. You know, that sort of mentality is what, what I love in a golfer and what you need around here. He had, you know, one of the best iron play rounds of his career on Sunday in Texas, uh, the ninth best round of his career in terms of approach play. So he's in good form with the irons. His putting was horrendous, um, but he's got that putting ability around Augusta, crucially. He's putted superbly around there in the past, uh, not so much last year, when he, when he was uh, 51st out of 54 players to make the cut in terms of strokes gained putting, but he did lead the way in tee to green. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot on the putting greens to get that extra, you know, margin to get him to go really close again. And Jordan Spieth is always worth backing, I think, around here. And Dustin Johnson, similar Great course for Masters champion. Uh, Mr. Cut last year after going sixth, fourth, tenth, and second before winning. But, you know, that was as defending champion with all that comes with that and all the things he's got to do. And just four or five months after winning it as well, because that was a November Masters. And, and crucially, if we get a deluge or Augusta and it could softens the course up, could that give us the November conditions again, which he was so impressive in? So I think one of those three for me is going to be the, the next Masters champion. Very interesting. And it, it's so uh, like incredible that some of these names that we haven't even touched on yet. I mean, one that definitely deserves a shout out is the new world number one, Scotty Scheffler, uh, 18 to one, third in, third in the betting on SBK. 
Uh, Sophie, what do you make of his chance? I know he doesn't have as much uh, Augusta experience as a lot of the others, but, you know, he is red hot at the minute, you know, up to world number one after this incredible run. Like, he's got to have a chance. Well, of course he has. He's one of the most, well, the most formed male golfer on the planet, in my opinion. Um, and the reason he doesn't have a lot of course form is because he's so young. And, and that's a, a, a thing we're going to be seeing in the men's game. The experience at Augusta, they're not going to have it. The likes of Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, they're not old enough to have the experience. But then you look at Morikawa and he's already won a couple of majors. Scotty Scheffler has won three times in five in five starts. The only thing you would always say to yourself is, when's it going to run out? Has he peaked too soon? You don't know. But in terms of his game, I mean, he hits it high, which is a big attribute for playing well around Augusta. Um, he's got a little bit like a Dustin Johnson style game. And, and like Paul's just said, that, that works wonders around Augusta. There's just, there's so many to choose from. The, the, the only thing that stops you from going with Scotty Scheffler is that it's all just come very soon. And that's, and that's it. it. Why not? Why not? Why not? I don't know. But um, he's not in my winners. I'm more going towards what Paul's saying, just because it's all a bit too soon for Scotty Scheffler. As I say, he only just won on the PGA Tour. But if we're talking about riding a wave, he's still on it. I think this is the time for him to get off it. That's just my opinion. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's like Augusta is very different to all those other sort of stops on the PGA Tour he's been making and maybe a bit of a wake-up call for him. But his game is obviously in, in very good nick at the minute. And Paul, just one other player I wanted to touch on uh, at the top of the market here who we haven't yet is, is Rory McIlroy. Obviously chasing that elusive career Grand Slam, which he's been, I think this is his eighth attempt at Augusta since since he won his, his sort of got three of the four majors. Uh you know, there's a lot of pressure on him every time this tournament comes around. He's obviously got the game when he's at his very best to win this, but is he in is he in good enough form at the moment? I'm, I'm not really sure the, the form comes into it. I think it's more of a mental thing with Rory. He's undoubtedly still one of the best players around when he's on his game. And his game should really suit Augusta as well. And I think, again, we're talking, we're talking about almost like a horse race here, but I think the softer conditions could help, help Rory as well. I think he normally plays a bit better in the softer conditions if he can drive the ball well, you know, that's normally Rory's mechanism. If he drives it well, he normally plays the rest of his game pretty well. I just think it's really a mental thing with him. You know, he obviously had the meltdown in 2011 here. That's got to play on him. I don't care how strong you are mentally. If he's in charge if, or if he's in, you know, in touch on a, on a Sunday at the Masters, when he comes around that to Amen Corner again, those feelings are going to come up. You know, they're going to. It's just how he handles them. And, you like to think he would handle him. You know, he's a bit older now. He's always had a pretty pretty good mentality, I think. Um, I was lucky enough to see him win the US Open, and I think it was the very next tournament, the very next major tournament after that Masters meltdown. So, you know, you talk about character, to throw away your first major at the Masters and then go and dominate as he did at the US Open, the very next major. I think his mentality is there. I think he's got the character. Has he got the game, though, to, to match these lads? And can he follow through with it? Because, you know, when you think about it, the Grand Slam is missing one tournament. If it was any other tournament, any other major, any other three, I think he would have hooved it up by now. I think it's the fact it's the Masters. Like we were talking about before, you've got the whole winter to think about it. You know, every time we're coming to Augusta, it's Will Rory at the Grand Slam. There's so much build-up. If it was a PGA or even the Open, I think he would have finished his career Grand Slam. I just think the pressure gets so much 
And I think he might possibly overthink her a bit. So you never know. We're not talking about it much this year. So maybe this could be the year that, that Rory finally does it. But for me, I just think there's something getting in his way at the minute. And I don't really know how he can figure that out. Yeah, I yeah it's very interesting. Sorry, I just want to just want to try to put in with the his opening round at Augusta. He's averaging seventy six. I mean, he's behind the eight ball before he even starts, and then the amount of times he does come back strong. It'd be interesting to see if he can get a good first round. What happens? Um, I'm, I'm a massive Rory McIlroy fan, huge. Um, and I always used to say, when Rory plays his best, there's nobody in the world better than him. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think the standard of golf has gone to another level in the last few years. And I think his his best golf is good enough, but I think there's a few guys that can stand shoulder to shoulder with him now. And I didn't feel I could say that five years ago. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see him sort of sixth in the market, 21 to one. You know, I'm sure there's not many masters in, in recent memory where he's been bigger than than 20 to one starting the tournament. So like you say, it could be all down to, to a hot start and yeah, you feel like he, he's been playing catch up quite a few years recently and maybe sort of finishing quite well, but never really been in that sort of group contending on the sort of over the weekend at the Masters. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all very exciting, like looking, speaking about all those names and just looking at the, the top of the market there. I think, you know, like Paul says, it, it would be a big shock if one of these, given how much star power there is in the top 12 there, if one of those didn't go on to win. Um, but if we go slightly further down, down the betting market and look at some other names, uh, slightly bigger prices. You obviously got the defending champion Hideki Matsuyama. He's about fifty-four to one. Same price as Sam Burns, probably one of the, the top sort of form players on the PGA Tour at the moment. Matt Fitzpatrick also been very solid this year. He's sixty-four to one. You got Bryson DeChambeau, uh, definitely not playing his best golf at the minute, but he's fifty-nine to one. And then you got a lot of former champions like Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Sergio Garcia, all around the sort of eighty to one hundred and twenty to one mark. Um, I'm not sure if any of those stand out to either of you or if there's any other sort of outsiders or dark horses that you're thinking about this week. Um, Paul, who do you like at sort of bigger odds? I, I mean, I like Louis Oosthuizen around here. Um, he obviously, he was in a playoff with Bubba Watson and lost that. Um, his form's not been great since here, but he's really close in all the other majors last year. And I think it's kind of coming towards last chance saloon for Louis. You know, he's a fabulous player. Lovely. He's got like a silky golden swing. I'd kill for his swing. It's amazing. Um, I'm just not sure he's got, you know, when he gets in contention, has he got the eye of the tiger to, to go on and win it? Because he's definitely got the game. He's an open champion, but I think he, he should have won about two or three majors, I think. I think he's about 40 to one here, 10 to one for a place. Um, I just think he's a really good player, a solid all-round game. And I think here, I always like to, to back him around here because I think this course sets up nicely for him as well. Um, whether he wants to turn up this week or not is, is up to him. I, I'm not sure whether, you know, like he's actually got the desire there. So that's one outsider for me. Another player at big odds I like is Corey Connors, the consistent Canadian, if I can try and say that. It's not easy for me to say. Um He's got uh, top tens in his last two Masters, and he, he ranked 11th and 3rd in greens and regulation in those two Masters. 3rd at the WGC match play recently. Very solid ball striker, very consistent, and has challenged around here as well. So sort of, like Sophia profiled perfectly before, the kind of guy you want to win around here, or, you know, that normally wins. He's got a few of those attributes that I like at a really decent, decent price, so I think he could really give us a run for our money at around 70 to 1. 
Very interesting. Yeah, I think he's certainly one who definitely, given his recent form, like you say, he, he looks a very solid sort of outsider's bet, doesn't he? And Sophie, I think one you picked out was, uh, I know that sort of the classic form form line that people always look at is is Riviera going into the Masters. And uh, obviously, Joaquin Neiman has very good form there, and he's one that you picked out. He was, and then Paul told me it was raining, um, which is... <laughs> Stirred me off for a bit just because because of the weather conditions. But I, I've gone with Joaquim. Um, there is the Riviera um, correlation here. So the Genesis Open is around Riviera. Past champions, we're talking Adam Scott, Bubba Watson. Um, there'd be a couple more, won't there? Phil Mickelson. Funnily enough, not Tiger Woods, which I have no idea how he's never won around Riviera, but it's very much like a horses for courses. So I've actually looked about the top 10 who's done well there this year and in the past. Obviously, Joaquin Neiman did win. He's about 40 to one. He's the drawer of the golf ball. He is actually sneaky long. People think he hits it too short. He does get it out there over 300 yards now. He's been working on his strength and conditioning. He sits in that bracket of strokes gain that I keep talking about, top 40 in the world. He sits 10th in the stroke average this year. Ball flight-wise, he does flight it low, which isn't seen as an attribute for playing well around Augusta, but is incredible short game. I mean, he grew up on a, on a short pitch and put course. He has a chipping green in his back garden down in Chile. He's like Cam Smith when it comes to the short game. And more importantly, mentored by Sergio Garcia. So he'll be having practice rounds with Sergio this week. He'll be really getting into him about the course because he was one of the unlucky guys that missed out of the Masters due to COVID. Um, him and Sergio, I think, missed out one year. So he hasn't played a lot around Augusta. His form isn't great, which is probably why he's a little bit outside. Maybe keep an eye on the weather. That's all I would say with Joaquim. Um, another guy that kind of fits the mould similar is a Max Homer. He's another guy that does well around Riviera. Obviously, a past champion, sits inside the top 30 strokes gained to Tita Green, um, smashes it on par fives. That's a, a big thing to look at. And then somebody that I just think is going to win another major, and why not this one, his form at the Masters is not great, but it's Shane Lowry. His form this year has been very good on the PGA Tour. Um, he's 17th in putting, but he's ninth in strokes game total. So he's got that all round game. I think he should have won the Honda if it hadn't have rained. I think he would have done. Um, but actually, we know he's all right in the rain, don't we, Paul? He did OK at the Open winning in the rain. So if it does get a bit soft, um, a guy that is exceptional at irons um, into green. So he's one for me. But I mean, what do we keep me and Paul? We have not picked many Europeans, have we, this year? And that's hard, hard for me to say. So he's probably my uh, my GBNI pick anyway. Very interesting. I, I certainly know that Paul does have one uh, one UK player that he maybe fancies at big, big odds, and that's that's Bob McIntyre, Paul. Yeah, I mean the, the old left-handers, aren't they? They love it. They love Augusta, the left-handers. You know, uh, Bubba Watson, Mickelson, Mike Weir. Some people might remember. Um, and you know, Bob McIntyre. He's only played once, so you know that kind of rips up our you know form book. If you've got to play a lot of times, but you know, tied twelfth, I think he was on his debut. He, I mean, if anyone enjoyed his debut, it was Bob McIntyre. If you've seen him on social media, he enjoyed himself. You know, and he and he was he was there to fight, and he. He got his place back in by that tied 12 for this year, and he, he's not coming to make the numbers. Trust me, he, he is not. I've seen him on social media again. He's not coming to make the numbers. He get 28 to 1 just for a place. And I think after finishing tied 12 last year, left-hander, 
hopefully it does rain. You know, Scotsman's not going to mind a little bit of, you know, precipitation coming down. He's got a great game. He hits a lovely iron. He's, he's good around the greens as well. Uh, and I think at that price, you know, I think he's going to give us a real run for, for, a, for a place. And also, he, he's a great guy as well. So you really want him to do well. So it's always nice if you can back a nice guy as well. So, yeah, Bob McIntyre for a place for me for a little side bet. Excellent. So we've got lots of outside selections there uh, from the team here. Hopefully we can get some winners here, some, some nice place bets, or even maybe a huge, huge long odds winner. But certainly be a, a big achievement for one of those guys to finish ahead of those, those big contenders we, we spoke about at the top. Um, just one of the other sub-markets that I always know is very popular uh, for the big majors, especially Augusta, is his first round leader. I think there was a period where Charlie Hoffman was just leading after every major wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's, if he's in this year's tournament, but um, who do you guys uh, fancy maybe to get off to a hot start? Cause you, you often get some quite good odds in, in the first round leader market when compared to the main outright winner. Um, Paul ask you first here. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when it was Fred couples, wasn't it? It always used to be first or second round leader around here, around his own backyard um, without, you know, not one to, to stray too far from my original selections. What about Jordan Spieth at 30 to 1? Just building on that fabulous ball striking round he had at uh, the Valero on Sunday. Uh, you know, that's that's a great form to come in. And you know, Jordan Spieth led here so many times. He could really get off to, to a hot start. Uh, and another guy I quite like who makes a fast start is Victor Hovland. I think Victor Hovland, not a lot of rounds around here or great form, but he has been low amateur around here in his amateur days. So, you know, can play the course and he's around 30 to one, same as Spieth and, you know, Victor Hovland, once he gets, you know, on a roll in a round, he's not scared to go low. So Victor Hovland could, could be easily be one who gets off to a really hot start and leads us after round one if, if he solved his chipping woes around the greens. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing with Hovland, isn't it? There seems to be almost more uh, spotlight on his chipping. And if he can hold that together over four days, then, you know, the game, the form he's in, like he certainly would have have a good chance, you think. And uh, I know one of the other young guns, uh, two-time major champion now, Colin Morikawa. Sophie, I know you picked him out as a possible uh, hot starter this week. Yeah, uh, Mr. Confident, Colin Morikawa. Um, he's kind of, I mean, he's won twice. He's won two majors. It's just obscene. This lad is destined for greatness. Um, and I just think he's got that mentality of everyone's like, oh, you can't win with a fade around Augusta. And he's like, well, my game can win anywhere. So why not here? Another one is Patrick Cantley. He's a guy that I've backed quite a lot at the Masters in the last few years. And I've not this year. So he's probably going to win. But in terms of his, his first round average, he's the best on the PGA Tour. And he was the best last year on the PGA team. And he's second in birdies. He makes over five birdies a round. So that is going to certainly help to, to go for lowest round. But yeah, they're, they're my two. Um, I always used to bet on Bernard Langham as well. Because he always used to give me a good run for my money. I guess, yeah, he, he's, I mean, to be fair, you can always back him most years. He always seems to play well, doesn't he? He's always winning on the, uh, on the Champions Tour all the time. But um, excellent, guys. Well, that's, I think, all the sort of main key markets we wanted to cover. Um, I guess I'd just go over to, to both of you for any sort of closing remarks, any other sort of points you wanted to make for, for this year's tournament, because it really does look like potentially one of the best additions in recent years, given the strength and depth at the top of the market. Tigers, obviously, there. I mean, Sophie, anything, that you, anything, anything else you'd like to mention? I'd keep an eye on tee times. Um, I'm not sure playing with Tiger Woods is going to be uh, a good draw. So see who see who he gets paired with. 
because there's going to be a lot of hoo-ha around that. And the guys that are maybe the opposite side of the draw to Tiger, look at them doing well because they all seem to be enjoying Tiger taking away some limelight. But we always used to find this um, in majors. If you got paired with Tiger, it wasn't necessarily a good thing for your game because all the fans and patrons in this case will follow that group. And no one will be, no one's prepared for this. I can honestly say that now. No one will be prepared for the, the amount of attention that is on that, that group. Whoever Tiger's playing with, those other two people, they'll have never felt anything like it, even if it is a Jordan Spieth or a Dustin Johnson. That's very interesting. Yeah, and no, I certainly agree with that. And yeah, it'd be, I mean, it'd be amazing if Tiger does get off to a hot start and then even it's just going to be more and more excitement around him, wouldn't there be? Um, Paul, how about you? Yeah, I think I think similar tea times. Uh, I sound like a weatherman here, don't I? But yeah, tea times and the weather, you know, if, if you start getting delays, heavy rain, that can really mess with your with your round and that can it can really make a big difference around Augusta. Totally agree with, agree with what Sophie says. You know, you've got to be some type of player to stand up to the pressure that playing with Tiger or even, even, you know, the group ahead and the group behind because the patrons, they're not around, allowed to run around Augusta. So they'll be lingering around a few holes. So you'll still get a bumper crowd. And yeah, like Sophie said, you're not prepared for that as a player because Tiger is just a different animal altogether to the rest of the rest of them. Um, the only thing I'd say is if you, if you have a little tickle of in-play betting, you're, You've got to be within the top 10. Maybe I think 11th is the lowest a winner has been after round one over the last 10 or 11 Masters. So you, know, you don't really come from off the pace in the Masters. You've got to start well. Uh, so if you're better than play, you know, you want to be a top 10, really. Um, and the other thing, I think I think it's going to be really close. You know, I can see a playoff here, uh, but I can see it being one, you know, as you say, it doesn't, doesn't, I'll finish with it, you know, it doesn't start till the back nine on Sunday, does it, or Augusta? And I think it could really ring true this year because... There's nothing really between the top 10 or 12 in the world. And we could have a couple of wild cards as well. So I think it's going to be a really close, exciting finish this one. Yeah, no, I think that's what we're all hoping for. And I mean, I absolutely love the Masters. I'm very excited uh, for this week's tournament after speaking to you both. So thanks very much uh, for taking the time to run us through your picks. Uh, hopefully we can find a nice winner. I know the SBK betting podcast has been on pretty good form recently. Uh, with the horse racing. Uh, Jess and the usual team have already recorded uh, previews for day one and two of Aintree this weekend. Uh, they'll also be back with a grand national uh, special to really look ahead to, you know, the biggest horse race of the year. I mean, it's it's an incredible week of sport, isn't it? You've also got Man City and Liverpool in the Premier League on Sunday. So loads and loads to look forward to this weekend. Um, thanks very much for watching uh, or listening to this uh, SBK betting podcast. And don't forget, you should also, uh, if you want to sign up to SBK, there's a special welcome offer at the moment where you can get £30 in free bets. Uh, that's for obviously users that are 18 or over. Thanks very much. Uh, enjoy the Masters. <laughs>